Welcome to Finding Solace. everybody welcome or welcome back to finding solace i'm really sorry for being mia for so long but i just had some schoolwork um building up and college abs and extracurriculars so i just needed a little break from podcasting so i can get that together and i also wanted to take some time to improve my podcast just because for a lot of the episodes whenever like i re-listen to them after i post them I wouldn't really feel proud of them necessarily because I would find a lot of flaws or like I would think, oh my god, why did I sound like that or why did I say something like that? So yeah, that was a huge, um, I don't even know what's the word, demotivator, unmotivating, I don't even know. But anyways, we're back today and that's what's most important. Um, maybe you guys might have noticed or may not notice um, the Finding Solace logo changed. So I hope you guys like that because I made it and I'm looking kind of proud of that. Today we're going to be talking about procrastination, burnout, all of that. Super fun. Um, I personally have a lot of experience in that field. So I've gathered some tips and tricks that I think would help with procrastination. And just as a side note, if you guys hear any background noise, um, no, you didn't, <laughs> because I'm actually filming in my room, or not filming, recording. I'm, fil- I'm recording in my room, and I usually record in my parents' closet, since it has nice acoustics, I guess. Is that the word? Whenever I record in the closet, the sound quality is just a little bit better, but since your girl's back has been hurting a lot recently, I couldn't really sit in the closet for an hour to record. That would be too hard on my back. Because, like, if I sit more than 10 minutes on the ground crisscross applesauce, I literally feel like I have arthritis. But anyways, the sound quality might be a little bit bad this time, but bear with me until I get that figured out. Low-key, I feel like procrastination is such a common problem among students or even, like, non-students as well. I don't know, you just hear it so much every single day. And I feel like one of the biggest things in high school is bonding over procrastination. Like, you literally can make friends by complaining about how hard a course is or, like, how much you procrastinated the night before and, you know, crying over assignments. But contrary to popular belief, I feel like procrastination really doesn't come from poor time management. In fact, I think procrastinators are the best at time management since you have such a short amount of period to get so many things done. So what I personally think procrastination stems from is the emotions you attach to certain tasks. So for example, if you're hanging out with your friends or like watching your favorite show, obviously you're attaching very positive emotions, like hanging with your friends is really fun or like watching your favorite TV show is really exhilarating. And that encourages you to do more of those activities. Whereas if you're studying, then I feel like most people feel either stress or annoyance or anger or just helplessness when it comes to assignments, especially if it's a hard one. So by attaching all of these negative emotions, your body and your brain obviously doesn't want to do it because 
you know, your body doesn't want to do something that will bring you stress. So yeah, that's what I think is the main cause of procrastination. And I feel like a big thing, especially what I found myself doing a lot, is catastrophizing things. So before doing an assignment, I would always think, oh my gosh, this assignment is going to be so hard and it's going to take so much time. Or if I'm about to take a test, I'm like, I'm going to fail this test. So already, I'm subconsciously attaching these negative emotions to schoolwork and that in turn just makes you want to like pull things off obviously because <laughs> I don't want to do something that's gonna bring me stress when obviously there's other things that make me happy. I think the same thing goes for people who are perfectionists as well because um, I know sometimes I will not do something or like I'll pull things off if I know I can't do well in them. Like, it happens with math homework pretty often. Math used to be one of my strongest subjects, so I would always do math homework first just because it's easy. So, like, whatever easy task that I know I can do very well, I usually don't hesitate to do it, and I would never pull it off. But then, like, once math started to include more letters than numbers, um, that's when things got a little bit rocky. And I realized I started pulling things off because I knew I wasn't doing as well as I wanted to be which is something I guess I'm working on. But yeah, that was another thing that I have come to realize as well, which was pretty interesting. Oh, and I was, I actually don't remember where I saw this video, but I was watching this person and then he was doing a whole speech on procrastination. Actually, I don't even know if it was on procrastination because it was just a clip. But what he was saying was he doesn't believe in procrastination and that it's not actually a thing. But what happens when you quote unquote procrastinate is when you don't attach meaning to work and he gave an example where, oh, let's see if my goldfish memory can remember this. But he was like, I asked this person if he would wake up at 6 a.m. to come to the bus stop. And then the person was like, no, of course not. But then when the dude was like, if I gave you a million dollars and you would come to the bus stop at 6 a.m., would you do it? And then the person was like, yeah, of course. So then he said, that's why there is no procrastination. It's that you're not giving your work meaning. Once the money comes in, the work has meaning. I was actually kind of intrigued because it is kind of true. Like if you think about it, if you're not attaching meaning to your work, like if you think whatever assignment you're doing is very silly or if it's not even beneficial to your future, then you would most likely pull it off. But once you realize that the assignment deadline is due in a few minutes or if you have a test in a few hours, suddenly that work has meaning and then you start cramming. So I was kind of like, dang, that's actually kind of true. I think the part about procrastination that is the most annoying is that it's so hard to break out of that cycle. There's so many times where I told myself, Susan, you need to stop procrastinating. Like this is your year to stop procrastinating. And it usually never turns out well. And I guess it's because people form a mental set about things or like in this case, procrastination. So what a mental set is, is basically attacking a problem in a way that has to work before rather than looking for new and possibly more efficient ways to deal with things. Like if you're a person that gets good grades, even though you procrastinate, I feel like that is like the sole reason why people still continue to procrastinate because it kind of works. But at some point, I get super burned out if I procrastinate a lot. Because when I cram, it's hardcore cramming. So I literally won't think about anything else but the schoolwork that I'm doing. Like I would neglect eating and like sleeping regularly just to finish schoolwork. 
which is so bad on like my mental health and anyone's mental health I feel like because you're in such an anxious state all the time and for me that leads to so much burnout I feel like the most recent burnout I've had is probably from November to January I don't know I felt like I didn't have control over my life and so I was like literally giving up you don't know how many times I looked at an assignment and just thought what if I just didn't do it or like before going to sleep I would think what if I just didn't go to school tomorrow like I had so many of those thoughts and I would just be like Susan what are you thinking I think what made me feel worse was seeing myself not live up to what I wanted to achieve or like what I envisioned myself to be and that kind of like ruined my self-esteem and made me not want to do things even more and I think what's worse is when I'm happy I tend to only think of happy moments and I wouldn't even remember any bad days but the thing is if I'm really burnt out then all I can think of is the bad days that I've had and I've never had a good day ever before and like my life is just horrible all the time so that is low-key kind of depressing. But now we'll get into the part that most of you are probably most excited for, and it's my tips and tricks for overcoming procrastination. Tip number one is to be self-driven because in all honesty, no one can really force you to do anything. You have to be the one that's willing to change or willing to put in the effort to fix your habits. Because if you just say, oh, I want to stop procrastinating, but you don't put in any effort to actually stop, then you're not really going to get anywhere. And it's also important to have self-control, like not give in to the temptation to do things other than your homework. I know it's easier said than done, but it's just a good reminder to have, which leads to tip number two, and it's to find something to drive you, whether that be intrinsic motivation or extrinsic motivation. The motivating factor for me right now is to feel less anxious about school. I think the amount of times I've had to cram anything or turn in things late has really pushed me to my limits and I realize that I just can't live like this anymore. So that's my motivation for not procrastinating. But anything really works. Like if you want to improve as a student and become more knowledgeable, that's also a type of motivation. If you want to get into a good college or like get a good GPA to prepare you for your future, that is also a fantastic way of not procrastinating. And it's important to realize what works for you as well. I know long-term goals may not be necessarily desirable for everyone, especially for those who, who think that long-term goals are a little bit hard to reach and, you know, it's so far away that it's hard to imagine I actually accomplished them. In that scenario, short-term goals are fine as well, like just having the weekend to relax or if I finish all my homework, I can like hang with friends or like watch a movie. Tip number three is probably the second to biggest tip, and that is just to start. Every time I procrastinate on an assignment, the first thing that I think of when I actually start doing it is I should have just started this earlier, or like I should have just started it 
on the weekend when I didn't have anything to do and when I was just watching TV all day, I should have done it then. That is always what I say to myself. So that's what I'm going to say to you right now. If you have to do something, if you have an assignment to do, just do it right now. It doesn't matter if it's due next week or if it's like, or if you have a test tomorrow, just start it because starting it is better than doing nothing. And I assure you, whatever you're doing to pull off your assignment, like scrolling through TikTok, going on Instagram, watching YouTube, whatever, I assure you those short-term benefits of not doing work is not worth the long-term benefits of actually doing good on a test that would be on your GPA or like not having to stress about overdue work or disappointing your family or disappointing yourself. So yeah, I would 100% highly recommend just finishing whatever work you have now so that you don't have to worry about it later. Like that feeling is literally so nice. And starting is almost always the hardest part. So if you can get past just starting an assignment, I feel like it's much more easier to do things, especially like if you get into the zone and like realize, oh, whatever task you're doing is not as bad as you thought it would be. And so tip number four is to leave your phone somewhere else. Um, because something that I realize that I do a lot is whenever I start an assignment or like an easy assignment, I would always turn on music. And so I would spend literally 10 minutes on Spotify trying to find the perfect song to listen to while I'm doing work. But then suddenly I get like a notification and then I have to check Instagram and then like going on Instagram, I realized that a YouTuber just posted a video. So then I go on YouTube and I realize that I wasted 30 minutes of my life. So if you're going to do work, just leave your phone somewhere else. It's not fun knowing that you're starting assignment, but then you spend like so much time not on your assignment and you realize that you're not going to get things done. Tip number five is finding a studying technique that works for you. Um, So I know a lot of people think that studying is basically three hours sitting at your desk, but it doesn't have to be like that if you don't want it to be like that. I know the Pomodoro technique has been super popular lately, or actually not lately. I feel like it's been popular for like the past few years or so, but if you aren't familiar with it, it's basically, there's two versions actually. Um, It's basically... 25 minutes of focused studying and then five minutes of break and then the other version is 50 minutes of studying and then a 10 minute break. I have used a 25 minute five minute method. It works really well if you don't want to do anything at all because like 20 minutes of studying that literally doesn't even sound that bad. So I've used that the most when I was studying for my AP Calc BC. Oh my god that was so many letters. When I was studying for a BC exam and Honestly, it worked so well. Like I I got through my entire prep book and I was like ready to take the test. Did I do well on the test? No. Am I salty about it? Yes, because I thought it was so easy, but my score clearly did not reflect that. I'm like still salty to this day, but it's fine. But I feel like after the BC exam, it really hasn't worked for me anymore. (laughs) I don't know why. I think it's because when I was studying for my BC exam, the prep book was like split into very small sections so I could finish a section or two in 25 minutes but like once you start school and like you have essays due or like textbook readings 25 minutes really isn't that long and so I felt like it kind of broke my flow I for one can focus um for like an hour maybe so like just having 
that 25 minute rigid study period wasn't up my alley. Like if you're okay with rigid study schedules, then this could work for you. But for me personally, I hate being constricted and I like doing things on my own pace. So I think that's partly why it didn't work. And also the five minute break, bro, that is so short. Like what can you do in five minutes, honestly? Like I'm told you're supposed to stretch or like eat something, I guess. But like, what if I don't want to stretch and eat something? You know what I'm saying? Like you really can't do anything in five minutes. But overall, I think the Pomodoro technique is a great way to lessen the stress of studying just because you know you're not going to study hours upon hours on end. But one day while I was on YouTube, as per usual, I literally found the perfect technique for studying. And honestly, it makes studying just a little bit more enjoyable. So a video popped up on my recommended feed and it was, the video was created by the YouTuber John Chen Josh Chen, sorry. Um, and it's the anime Doro technique, which is a spinoff of the original Pomodoro technique. So instead of that 25 minute, 15 minute work session, you can work for 45 minutes to an hour. And so how that works is if so, for example, if I'm doing my psych textbook reading, then I would just set an hour timer. And I know it's like 45 to an hour, but you just set an hour just so you don't get interrupted. So yeah, you set an hour timer and then you just read along. And once you reach a good stopping point that's in between that 45 minute to an hour time frame, then you can go ahead and take your break, which is so nice in my opinion, because for example, if you already read in chapter and you need to read two chapters, but you have like five minutes left of your work session, it doesn't make sense to start your next chapter because you only have five minutes and obviously you're gonna get interrupted when you're reading that chapter. And for me, that's a big no-no. So that's why I really like this technique. And then after you're focused studying, you get to watch an episode of anime, which is honestly pretty sweet. But um, I don't really watch anime that often. I've watched two series, um, which is Your Lie in April and Haiku, both of which were really good. And I still have not watched the last episode of Your Lie in April because I don't want to cry and face the fact that the I'm not going to spoil it, but... I don't want to watch the last episode because I don't want to cry. And for anime movies, I watched like three maybe. How's Moving Castle and Spirited Away. Uh, oh, and Your Name. So I've watched three. And so yeah, I'm not an expert on anime. So what I usually do is either watch a YouTube video or a TV series that is relatively short in place of anime. But, you know, you can even do stretch routines like... I've actually studied and then in in that break period, I did a stretch. Oh, I actually don't even say how long the break was. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, anime episodes are usually like 90 minutes if you cut out the intro and outro um, to, I would say like 25 minutes. But to be honest, you don't have to watch videos if you don't want to. You can do other things unrelated to media like walking your dog or like meal prepping, making overnight oats. Oh my goodness. Before actually like trying overnight oats, I was like, those are literally so disgusting. Like who would eat that? But then I made it and it's low-key kind of fire. So yeah, I really like this technique. It makes studying just a wee bit more bearable since you know you're able to like do something that you want after an hour or so of work.
So if you're having trouble starting, I would highly recommend that method or at least try it out and see how it works. But a thing to keep in mind is to know that you actually have work to do so you can't keep on watching whatever show you're watching. Um, But it's good exercise to resist the temptation anyways. So yeah, definitely give it a try. Tip number six is to be less ambiguous about what you're going to do and actually like split up your task. I know the main thing that causes that stress or negative emotions that is associated with studying is just how daunting an assignment can be. Um, For example, like studying for a test, like there's so many things that goes into studying for a test. Like you can rewrite notes or like do flashcards um, or watch summary videos and stuff like that. So like it just studying for a test sounds so big. So what helps is to split your tasks up into very specific things that you're going to do. Like I remember I had three tests in one day. Screw my teachers for that. I love them, but like screw them for that. And I needed to study for three tests the night before. So don't worry, I studied for um, some of the tests a few days before as well. That makes me sound like such a not on top of it. For, who am I kidding? I That has actually happened many times before. I actually had to study for two or three tests just in one day. Anyways, what really helped me was I legit split up my tasks into very, very specific things. So for example, I had a psych test that day. So what I did was say I need to read over notes or like skim over notes and then I need to do flashcards and then I need to do quizzes and that was it for psych. And then for gov... Um, I needed to do flashcards, practice tests and stuff like that. I don't know, it just made things just so much easier because I knew exactly what I needed to do. And because I split my tasks into like such small chunks, it didn't seem that daunting. Which brings me to another thing. If you're having trouble just starting a task, break down your task into the smallest chunk ever so that it's so trivial that it's silly to not do it. Like, if you don't want to do flashcards, then just say, I'm just going to do two flashcards. Because honestly, two flashcards is more than zero flashcards. So yeah, I feel like it's just nice to have a starting point and like an end point. Tip number seven is to spice up studying. And what this means is, like, do something with studying that makes you feel nice. Actually, I don't know if that makes sense, but I know study grams have been super popular in the past few years. So if you're a person that has super pretty notes you know you can like take pictures of it and like upload it on instagram if you're a person that loves pens like moi honestly get yourself a nice pencil to use and it literally will make studying just a little bit better um i actually have a really nice pencil that i got for christmas and it's low-key kind of pricey that's why i asked for it for christmas um, but it's the Unicure Toga pencil. So, but it's like not the plastic one. It's the metal one. It's weird without a visual, but it's such a nice pencil. And it has a rotating tip so that your um, lead never gets too sharp on one end. And it's like, you know, all your writing is in the same length. If you know, if I don't know if this makes sense, but um, definitely get it. It was $10. Was it worth it? Yes, because I wasn't the one who bought it. Lols. Anyways, if you like highlighters and all of that, you know, calligraphy, brush pens, get them. And then, you know, they literally make studying just kind of a little bit nicer. 
Oh, definitely make your studying space really nice as well. Like add some desk lamps or add some fairy lights just to make the area where you're studying very cozy. Because like if you're going to spend an hour plus on your homework each day, might as well make your studying space really nice. Like I highly recommend getting a laptop stand um, or like one of those really pretty keyboards. I've seen a lot of, I don't even know, they're like typewriter-esque keyboards and like the sounds they make oh my goodness they're literally so cute and i want one so badly um i also really want a gaming chair not that your girl is a gamer but like you know who knows i'm just kidding (laughs) it's just my back has been hurting a lot from sitting all the time so i think a gamer chair might help with it but yeah anything that makes your space just a little bit more welcoming i don't know i feel like having those little elements in your studying space makes studying an enjoyable experience or like a little bit more enjoyable Oh, and that reminds me, I don't know if it's just me, but if I'm studying in an area that has a lot of sunlight, I tend to be more productive or I tend to be more happier when I study. I don't know what it is about the sun, or maybe it's because I don't see the sun a lot because I'm a homebody. But anyways, that's besides the point. Tip number eight is to study with other people if you like to be in a more collaborative environment. Because if I see someone else working really hard, like studying then I feel like I'm also obliged to also study with them or else like I would feel super awkward so if that works for you then you can force a friend to study with you and you know both of you guys would get something out of it so it's a win-win situation and if you're studying for a test if you can teach someone else the material most likely you understand the material so that's also a great way of studying but I have this one friend that is literally my role model um and what she says to me all the time because 98% of the time, not to make myself look a little better, 50% of the time, I'm not on top of things. So what she always says to me is to get it together. And honestly, her get it together makes me get it together. Like I listen to her more than I listen to my mom. Like if she tells me to do work, I will do work with no hesitation. My last and final tip Well, it's more of an advice rather than a tip, but truth is procrastination isn't going to get you anywhere. Like you may procrastinate and you can retain the information long enough to do well on the test the next day, but come finals or midterms, you're going to have a lot of trouble remembering what you learned throughout the year because you constantly cram and cramming is better for short-term retention and not necessarily for recalling information in the long run. And procrastination comes with a lot of stress, in my opinion, so it's not really worth it to go through all of that anxiety and stress when you could be more relaxed and doing things that you like without constantly thinking that you have something to do or there's assignments chasing you. Like being on top of things, not having to worry about assignments that are due the next day. It is so nice. Like in my planner, I have a section where I list out everything that I need to do that week. And usually I have like 30 plus things in that list. But hear me out, it's like over a week. So it's not that bad. But anyways, I usually have like 30 plus things, but a few weeks ago, I think I only had like 10 things I needed to do by the end of the week. And it felt so nice because I used to be able to do everything really quickly, especially when I'm under pressure. Like being under pressure makes me perform better. But now I feel like that doesn't really apply to me anymore. Like I get so anxious if something is due very, very soon. Like all I think about is I'm not gonna be able to finish this. I can't do it. And so I actually can't do it. And then I end up staying to like, 2 3 a.m doing assignments and then i'm tired af the next day and then i burn out surprise surprise 
but just as an overall note, if you can't get down not procrastinating from the very start, or if you find yourself just doing very well for like a day or so, or maybe even a week, but then seeing yourself fall back into the cycle, know that it's okay. The most important part is that you're willing to change and you're willing to improve yourself so that you can make your life easier. That's what's most important. Procrastination, low-key, is a habit. So, of course, breaking a habit is very hard. So don't be too hard on yourself if you're not getting it right away. Take baby steps. It's fine. Just know that if you do have the motivation, if you do have the drive, and if you're actively trying to improve, you'll get there someday. And, you know, it's okay to have burnouts once in a while. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. More so, I feel like it's a period for you to grow even more. That is it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I'm so thankful that you guys took the time to listen, even though I've been MIA for so, 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 so long. But I hope to improve my podcast a little bit more so it's more enjoyable for you guys as well. And as always, you are welcome here whenever and wherever. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye! my goodness are you still listening to this why aren't you doing any work this is a sign for you to do your work you lazy bum (laughs) get it together